0: Good morning morning. my name is Nathaniel I am the missional communities guy here at Storehouse and I am very glad that y'all could join us this morning Uh, Before we get started, I just got a couple of things. Uh, First, if you have any questions or you want to connect with us in any way, Connect cards are the best way to do that. We have those in the rows and they're in the back at the Connect desk, and so you can fill that information out and leave it back there, and somebody will definitely get in contact with you within the next 24 hours. Along with that, we also have Bibles available on the rows and in the back. So if you are in need of a Bible or if you know someone that needs a Bible, please take one. That's our gift to you. and so please do that. Uh, we also have tables in the back, as you can see. Those tables uh, we have reserved for families with children. Uh, and so if you do not have children, then please sit uh, in the rows so that way the kids can have a space to be able to call or follow along or do activities. Uh, And then lastly, uh, before we get started, uh, we have opportunities to give in various ways, including the give box in the back and online. And giving is for members, and so if you're a member, please uh, give faithfully. And if you're not a member or if you're just a visitor, do not feel pressured at all. We do not pass plates or anything like that. We just have opportunities to faithfully, faithfully live obediently to what God has called his people to do. And so those are all the kind of announcements, the things to get out of the way. And so today we're going to continue our sermon series in Psalm 27. Uh, it, it's our series for this summer called Reset, an opportunity for us to kind of take everything that we've you know, had at the beginning of the year and even last year to be able to take a step back and really make sure that our relationship with God is good that we're able to process what we've kind of gone through, process all the things uh, that keep coming at us and and be able to know that we can rest and dwell in the presence of the Lord and have peace and joy and all the things that He promises us. And so last week we talked about Thanksgiving and what it means to have a heart full of gratitude toward God for what He has done and how that actually uh, applies to our life and, and turns into a life Uh, that is just uh, full of thanksgiving, that we're able to uh, be thankful even in the midst of hard times. And today we're going to be going into the next part of Psalm 27 where David is talking about lament. And so today is about lament. Now lament is defined as a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. And so today we're going to be talking about some very tough things. It's going to be a hard day. It's going to be an emotional day. Um, My heart is heavy as I've prepared for this, as i prayed through it. Because lament is not easy. Lament is something that we don't necessarily want to do because it's difficult to work through grief and sorrow, suffering, disappointment, loss. And yet we see that lament is very real and important. Now, society will kind of gloss over all these emotions and kind of boil them down to a few different things where, you know, you're either jumping straight to depression if you're feeling all this or you're jumping to the, you know, idea that, oh, they're just a pessimistic person. They look at the world negatively or they just uh, lightheartedly will joke that, oh, man, you're just sad all the time. There's no actual addressing or place for true emotions, true grief and sorrow and what that means and how it affects us. Now, Christian culture has not been much better, especially in America, where there seems to be this cultural idea within the church that we have to be happy all the time, that we have to have our stuff together, have to put a smile on. You come up to someone on Sunday and say, how's it going? And you have to say, Good. (laughs) And so both ways, I mean, there's no health in this. We have forgotten as a people what it means to truly grieve and to embrace our sorrow, embrace the emotions that we feel, because we all feel this. We all have a place for lament within our lives, because we all deal with tragedy, with trial, with suffering. We all have these emotions, and if we push them aside, then we are doing a disservice to ourselves and to God who has made us this way. And so a biblical understanding of lament becomes very important. Now my first and earliest experience with true biblical lament was when I was, I think I was either middle school or early high school and my grandfather uh, died of pancreatic cancer. Now Cancer of any form is not fun to walk through, especially as family. And I remember my father dealing with his father dying of pancreatic cancer. And my grandfather was actually a survivor of cancer early in his life. And so this was something that they had all gone through before, you know, way before my time. And then everything came up again, and he uh, didn't make it through that one. But I remember the way that my father dealt with this. My father grieved in a way I've never seen before. I, I, my father did not cry often. And so seeing him do that, seeing him have true sorrow and express that openly was unique for me. I, I just have never seen that. And in general, you just don't see men react that way very often. And so this was something that I just held on to. But he did grieve. And he never lashed out at me or my siblings, or my mom. He never lashed out at anyone. Matter of fact, he was the one that was supporting the rest of our family, even extended family, through this whole process. He was the one that was, you know, in charge of medical decisions, in charge of everything. So he had a lot of responsibility on him, and he was still grieving throughout all of it. He did it so well. He grieved and dealt with his emotions all at the same time. He surrendered his sorrow to God. And I heard him do that. I heard him pray prayers where you could tell his heart was broken over loss. And yet the prayers were not of just wondering why is this happening or how am I going to get through or how do I move past this. His prayers were ones of just thanksgiving that God was there for him. Not that he had any answers, but that he just knew God was there and he pulled strength from scripture. He continued to read scripture faithfully every single day. His community, the church just wrapped our family up and his faith and relationship with God. These things gave my father strength so that he could lament well in the midst of loss. And so my grandfather died after a fairly long process of cancer and and that grief continued for a while. It's not like it just stops, you know, or just you have a weak plan and then it goes away. My father grieved for a while but he came through it. And it was the healthiest example of lament that even up to now that I've ever seen and ever experienced around me. Biblical lament, when it's grounded in our relationship with God, creates a safe space for our emotions to be worked through. For us to explore the emotions that we feel. And it's a cognitive and it's an emotional process. Because our emotions are so much a part of us that we cannot deny them. And our emotions are also something that they're just going to happen. And they're going to come out. But there's this cognitive process of being able to work through them. God gave us reason, gave us will to be able to take all these things, all these aspects of ourselves and put them together to be able to move forward. And so we don't want to deny emotions. We also don't want to deny the side of actually reasoning and thinking through our loss. There has to be a marriage between the two where we're able to move forward through our suffering, through our sorrow and our grief, and come out the other side. And so I want to give uh, three things that biblical lament is and three things that biblical lament is not. Biblical lament is, one, intense. When we go through suffering, sorrow, tragedy, it's intense. And it's okay to be intense. It is okay for your emotions to be overwhelming. Because that is what lament is. It is intense. Number two, it is purposeful, though. There's a purpose behind our lament. The way that we work through our grief and our sorrow, we have a purpose, and that is that we do not stay within that space, that we come out the other side, and thirdly, that it is healing. So our purpose is to find health. And you can have lament. Even for a long season of time, you can lament well and know that health is coming. This is what God promises us when he gives us lament. Now, biblical lament is not these three things. It is not self-perpetuating, meaning that you do not go into lament wanting to just jump into a whirlpool of your emotions. We don't just circle the drain and continue to uh, have these emotions and say I just want to be here for the rest of my life. There has to be purpose. We have to be going through them not just circling the drain. Biblical lament is not a distraction. We do not use this process of going through sorrow and grief to distract ourselves from the emotions, from the loss, from the tragedy. We need to face it head on. Because if it becomes a distraction, if any part of this becomes a distraction and we're just trying not to think about these things, then what we do is we never deal with it at all. And healing will never come. Instead, it scars over, which aches and hurts for the rest of your life. And lastly, biblical lament is not shameful. There is no shame in having grief, there is no shame in feeling loss, in feeling the effects of tragedy upon your life. We have made emotions shameful that we have to have things together and it's not. You can, you can say that you just don't know what to do. You can say that you're, you're just feeling like nothing will ever be better. That's okay. Do not be ashamed of your grief, of your sorrow. There's nothing shameful about coming to a brother or sister and saying, I need help. I can't do this. There's nothing shameful about it. Biblical lament is good. It's necessary. Lament is the path that we walk between suffering and grace. God's grace that he pours upon us. It is God's will for us to lament. It is a way for us to reach health within a hard life. To confidently walk forward knowing that there is another side. That's what lament is, to be able to walk through this and have confidence that we won't stay here forever. It is his will, his desire, and his gift to his people. The world struggles with dealing with these emotions. The world struggles with giving the right answer for how do we get past loss and tragedy? How do we see suffering within loved ones, within our own life, within the world, and move past it and be able to see something greater than just the tragedy of it all. It's so easy to turn on the news now to read articles and just see how messed everything up, how everything's just messed up, right? it's, It's something that breaks my heart, it breaks all of our hearts to see the tragedies that are happening around the world. How do we grieve for that and move forward? How do we lose a father, lose a loved one, lose a child, and move forward? Lament is God's gift to his people. A different way for the Christian to move forward through loss and sorrow. And God promises that he is going to walk with you in this, that he is going to understand it, that he is going to lament with you. And that's really the main idea. That's why I want you to take away today is that to lament is to follow the heart of God. God laments deeply, and he wants us to join him in that. He wants to join us in our lament because he knows it's the only way to reach health. Let's pray for our time, and then we are going to dive into Psalm 27 and see how David approaches lament and what that means for us as we move through our lives trying to reach health through our grief and our sorrow. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your scripture, your holy word that gives us a promise of something greater than ourselves, greater than our way of dealing with things. Today we're talking about what it means to go through grief and suffering and we all have this. We all go through loss, tragedy. Whether it's the death of someone, whether it's something you know, that seemingly seems as you know, more minor, like losing a job, but these things affect us deeply. Our emotions are gifts from you. And so you have also gifted us with a way to be able to work through them, to be able to utilize them. We are not fighting against our emotions. Rather, we need to embrace our emotions because they are from you. But just as anything in this world, they can be easily corrupted. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you help us all to be able to look at ourselves wisely in this time, that we are able to look at lament Wisely and know how we have failed to apply it and successfully applied it and how we can move forward to be even better at it. Because, Lord, your hope for us is complete health in this life and the next. And you have given us that through Jesus. Don't let us forget that there is hope. Thank you, Lord. Amen so the way I'm going to do today is I'm going to split up lament into two truths. Two truths about lament. And we're going to talk about each one. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the application for these truths. Uh, and I, my prayer is that through today you're going to be able to take some of these things and apply it to wherever you're at in life right now. All of us are going through things. And even if everything is seemingly good, there's there's scars from our past. There's things that we've you know maybe thought we dealt with before, and they come up again later, right? And so I, my prayer is that you'll able to look at lament today, and it'll lead you to to a place where you're able to better be better equipped to move forward into the future, because God has such a wonderful plan for each one of us. And if we allow our emotional scars and pain to kind of weigh us down, then we're not going to be able to reach that point of health that He wants us to be at. And so, this is applicable, lament is applicable for our whole lives and all the things that we go through. And so, the first truth about lament that I want to talk about is that lament is a beautiful paradox. It doesn't make sense, it is a paradox. In Psalm 27, David is bracketing lament with thanksgiving and then confidence and peace and joy on the other side. And so up to this point, you know, even the sermons up to this point on Psalm 27, we've seen a lot of just dwelling in the relationship of God, having a joyful, thankful heart, and then he goes straight into lament, but then he comes out the other side and he's peaceful and confident and joyful again. In verse 6, he says, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. He's worshiping God because he's joyful and has confidence that God is going to save him. And then he laments. Then we see in verse 13, I believe that uh, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He is celebrating the victory that God is going to give him. He's back to joy. There exists great suffering and a healing grace all at the same time. These things aren't separate, and David doesn't separate them out. He puts them all together and mixes them because lament is a mix of both suffering and joy. And David is uh, being real because we we ask, how does this exist? How can a paradox like this exist? And David is being real. He knows that he's scared. He knows that he's surrounded by his enemies. He knows that he's in great danger. That's what this psalm is kind of set in. He knows that things could go terribly wrong. And that gives him all these emotions that come with that. He's anxious. He's worried. He's fearful. And at the same time, he is completely confident that God is going to be by his side. And so there's this confidence and this fear and he marries the two in lament. There doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's why I said it's okay to be in that place where you just feel like everything is just overwhelming, and you feel like there can be no outlet. You can look at Rebecca uh, in Scripture where she, uh, in Jeremiah, we have this moment where she says, or where someone says about uh, her that she cannot be comforted by God. We yes, how is that possible? How can you not be comforted by God? Well, she had just lost her children. She had lost her kids. And, and basically, Jeremiah is saying that she is so overwhelmed by her grief that she cannot be comforted in any way, but she will come out of it. That God is still good, that God is still beside her in that moment. Your emotions are not bad. And sometimes they are overwhelming The truth that God is still beside you, though, doesn't go away. And when we can find that path of lament, we are able to be in that moment and say emotionally, I don't think anything will ever get better, but cognitively, I do know that God is faithful. Lament is cognitive and emotional. It is both together because we are able to see the truth of Scripture in the midst of our emotion David's lament gives expression to his sorrow with full confidence that help is on the way, even if he can't see it now. Lament means that we are able to acknowledge all emotions that we have, and it gives them a voice, gives them expression. We can't hold them within ourselves. We have to express these emotions. We have to put them out there, David is writing this psalm knowing that people are going to read this and being very vulnerable about his emotions. Where if you have a poor understanding of his relationship with God and what, what God does for his people, you can read that and be like, why, why is he going through this? Doesn't he know that God's going to save him? Doesn't he know, you know that he'll be okay? Okay. But knowing what lament means, knowing that God wants us to be able to be and rest and lament, you can see the truth, the beautiful paradox of this psalm, that joy and his fear are together, mingled. And I want to I want to make sure I clarify that joy does not mean happiness. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily happy. Biblical joy means that you have complete hope in the Lord. That you have confidence that He is going to be there and move forward. Complete hope in your salvation, in God. It doesn't mean you have to be happy. You can can be totally bummed out about whatever's happening and still be joyful. Joyful grief is a beautiful thing because it means that we have hope in a future beyond our grief, beyond our sorrow. And that hope comes from complete confidence that God is good and he has saved you and he will hold you, that your salvation is complete within Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful paradox, sorrow and joy, because sorrow is inescapable in this life. There's no doubt about that. And joy is a beautiful gift from God to his people. The lament is going to bring those two things together. And it blazes a trail forward through our emotions, through our grief and our sorrow. And so, being a beautiful paradox, it's okay to have both things happening at the same time. Once again, lament is not shameful. It is not shameful to have those emotions but joy can be coupled with it. The second part, the second truth of lament is that it is intensely honest. You cannot lament without actually being honest with yourself about what you're feeling. It requires self-examination, which is hard because we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to look at ourselves and say, this is exactly how I feel. Because sometimes those, those feelings, one, they're hard to admit to ourselves, but two, they, they may be something that we feel guilty over. I know many times in my own lament, I immediately go to blaming God. And then I feel guilty about that because I know that it's not, you know, God doing things to me. Rather, God is there with me. But yet I'm still just angry. I'm just angry at God. Biblical lament tells me, though, that it's okay to be angry at God, even if it doesn't make any sense. Because God is still there beside me saying, I know you're angry. I know you are. And it's okay. It's so much more than I deserve, and it's so, so much more than what we could ever hope for, and yet God gives it to us anyway. But we have to be completely honest with ourselves about what we're feeling and how we're feeling it. We can't just stumble forward through our tragedy, through whatever's happening, and expect to pop out on the other side. A big part of being able to work through your grief and your sorrow, to be able to lament well, is to recognize that we need help. That we all have needs that have to be met for us to be able to find healing. Now, these needs are going to be met by God ultimately, but he works in a few ways. He works didactically through himself, where we in relationship, just us and God. But he works through community too, through other people. Lament is something that God does within us, and he does within us through the church, through your friends, through your family, through fellow believers who are able to walk beside us. And so there's a level of responsibility that is put upon all of us to be able to lament well with each other. We need each other. And so we see that we have four needs that David gives us right here in these passages. Four needs that we need to hear, four needs that need to be met from God, and four needs that need to be met from each other. So we're going to talk about each one of these needs and how that kind of looks. So the first need that we have when we are going through lament, when we are going through sorrow and grief, the first need we have is a need to be heard. In verse 7 David says, hear, O Lord, when I cry out loud, be be gracious to me. Answer me. David needs to know that God hears him. And the truth is that God is always present. He does hear you when you cry out, when you don't know what's going to happen, when you feel so utterly alone. God is there, and he hears you. He is present. He does. Does understand what you're going through. And second, we need each other in this. We need to know that we're heard by another person. God has made it so that His grace is poured through the church. That's how He wants to impact the world, that's how He's chosen to do it. And so we have to understand that when somebody is going through lament, when they're going through grief and sorrow, they need to be heard by you. They need to know that they can go to somebody and they'll just sit with them. All of us have gone through grief and sorrow. You know this is true. There are times when you literally just need someone to be there so that you can express yourself. And you don't want any answers. You don't want them to say anything. You just need them to hear you, to hear your heart. So my question is, do you guys have people that you go to? Do you make yourselves available for others to come to you? And can you actually listen without trying to solve it? Are we allowing each other to lament well within our own church? Because we all have a need to be heard. And we need to meet that need here. It's a body. The second need that we see is in verse 9. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. We have a need for relationship. And God meets this need through the pages of Scripture. He is able to communicate with us, give us his character, his goodness, his intentions. It's all here. The Holy Spirit then dwells within us as well as believers, which means that we always have the presence of God within us. His relationship is evident through His Word and through the Holy Spirit within us. And in those moments of lament, we are able to remember that He is good. Remember who God is. Remember that Scripture teaches us that because He is good, we can be thankful for His faithfulness. And then also with community, we have a need for relationship. Going through grief and tragedy alone is the worst thing in the world. We need one another. We need to have relationship. When somebody is going through grief, somebody is going through sorrow or loss, whatever it may be, Do you shy away from them knowing that the conversations will be awkward? Do you make excuses to not hang out with them this week? You're just going to wait until things kind of die down? Are you going to jump in and be a part of this? Man, God wants us to be in the, the mess, to be in a relationship to a point where it doesn't matter what's happening. We're okay jumping in with them. We are terrified of lament in others especially because we are so terrified to go through lament ourselves. But when we see lament as something that is good and holy, that it is something we don't fear anymore, but rather we embrace and we're ready to go. You see a brother or sister who are going through one of the worst times in their life, and your first thought should be, how can I help them? How do they need help? Because guess what? It's about their needs, not yours. God calls us to lament together, and we need relationship. Without it, we cannot find help. Our third need is a need for reassurance and encouragement. David says, Oh, you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not. David knows, because we see it in the rest of Psalm 27, he knows that God will not forsake him. And yet he feels like, maybe, maybe he will this time. That emotion is warring with what he knows about God. And so he puts it out there and he says, God, do not forsake me. I need you to encourage me. I need you to reassure me of a truth that I already know. And so once again, we see that God, through Scripture, is able to encourage us and reassure us that we are able to go to it and know the truth of His character and goodness. And so for us to be able to access that, we have to study Scripture. We have to know it. And it's especially vital because when you're in the the trenches of lament, you don't really necessarily want to go study a bunch of Scripture Because you feel terrible. That means that in times of you know goodness, in times that you know everything seems to be going well, that's when you have to be in scripture. Because when the tough times come, then you're already grounded within it. You can go straight to scripture and not have to you know feel like you're stumbling in the dark. And so once again, for like the fourth week in a row, read your Bibles, people. You got to know Scripture. And it will help carry you through because it will encourage and it will reassure you of your relationship with God and your salvation. The truths and the promises that he gives. And in community, we also need reassurance and encouragement. We need to be encouraged by one another. We need to be those that are quick to encourage not complain or to put down or ignore when we don't want to deal with it. Quick to encourage. Are you an encouraging person? Ask yourself that. Think about it. Ask your friends. Are you an encouraging person? Because when somebody is going through grief, they need to be encouraged. And not artificial encouragement, They need true encouragement from somebody that knows them. This requires relationship, the need we just talked about. We need these things. And one of the biggest ways that we can encourage someone is to encourage them when we have no words to express it, by just being there with them, by being faithful, by sitting with them. We have a need for reassurance and encouragement, and it doesn't make you needy. It doesn't make it a bad thing for you to be honest with yourself and be like, I need, I need a good word. I need my wife to encourage me today. I need a compliment. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to say. Tell people what you need because we're in this together, and we want to move forward so that not only you get healthy, but we all get healthy. The last need that we see in Psalm 27 is a need for the gospel. David says, O God of my salvation, for my father and my mother, they've forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. We need to know that the gospel is true that God has loved us so much that he enters into human history as Jesus Christ to pay the price for our sins, our evil, the things that we've done, even if they've caused the situation we find ourselves in, even if it's our fault for the grief and the tragedy that we're experiencing. The truth is that God has still died for that. That Jesus Christ makes a way for us to have relationship with him. Makes a way for us to be able to experience healing. Makes a way for us to become a new creation so that the old has died. Who we were does not exist anymore, but we have become new. God is good. Jesus Christ is our hope He is the one that gives us grace. He is the one that lavishes it upon us so that when we walk through lament, when we walk through our sorrow and our tragedy, when we walk through those times where we just feel like everything's falling apart, we can hold on to the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And the really beautiful thing is that it's a grace that we don't deserve. And we never will. And yet he gives it to us anyway. And when we're in community with each other, we need that gospel to be shared. When somebody is going through something tough, don't throw verses at them, don't give them these theological truths. Tell them about Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. Jesus Christ is our answer. We have many needs. And it's okay. It's okay to have needs. And we need to know that too. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to lament, to grieve, to have sorrow. And God shows us this. He models it for us. God laments. His heart is for lament. That's what I wanted you to take away with. Remember? That to lament is to follow God's heart, because God is a God of lament. Oftentimes when we read the Old Testament, especially, we see God as, you know, this righteous judge. There's anger and rebuke, especially when we read like some of the prophets. I want to read a part of Isaiah 1. And I've paraphrased it a bit to apply kind of specifically right to us, like it's speaking to you individually. And you can go back and I encourage you to study Isaiah 1 especially. <coughs> but I'm going to read this passage. And I want you all to close your eyes and just just listen. Because we often will read Isaiah 1 and think of it as God rebuking his people in this righteous fury, which is totally justified because his people have walked away and have sinned against him. But that's not the tone of Isaiah 1. That's not the tone of Isaiah. Isaiah is a lament of God. And So please close your eyes and just listen to this lament that God is speaking to you in the midst of your sin. The Lord your God says, children, I have reared and brought up. They've rebelled against me. Israel does not know me. My people just don't understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. They're offspring of evildoers, children who deal just corruptly. You have forsaken and despised me. You've estranged yourself from me. Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? Your whole head is sick. Your whole heart is just faint. Listen to me. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are just willing and obedient, you shall be blessed and I will save you. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed. This is a God who is lamenting that his children have left him and he knows that they are going to see destruction from it. He wants nothing more than to bless them, to save them. He wants nothing more than to bless you and save you. And in our sin, we just pull away from Him. There is real righteous anger within the pages of Scripture. But there is more lament. Because God wants you. He desires you. And when you fall away from Him, when you do not know Him, He laments your sorrow. He laments your sin, the broken relationship between you, and the destruction that you are raining upon yourself. God laments. And He feels it in the crucifixion daily. And a, a crucifixion that is experienced over and over as we sin. He has paid the price for that, but that lament is ongoing as we continue to sin and pull away from him. God wants you to find health, and that's going to happen through relationship with him. It's going to happen through Jesus Christ, and it's going to happen for the believer through healthy lament. God, he laments, and it is intense. Read all of Isaiah God's lament, his grief, is very intense. But it has a purpose. The purpose of God's lament is the restoration and salvation of his people. He shares his lament with us so that we may know the truth of Jesus Christ. And an important truth that we talked about earlier about it being a beautiful paradox, God shows too because he is eternally joyful and good love he has peace and so he grieves but yet has great joy at the same time because he knows that Jesus Christ creates a way for salvation we can grieve and know that we have a way forward in Jesus Christ laments it may last for a long time For you, it it may be, you know, a week for something. It may be a month. You may lament for years. But there is another side. We can come out of it. Lament is a path through suffering. And that journey may be very dark and it may be really long. But there will always be a morning to come. Light will come. And so remember as we leave and as I close that lament is intense and it's okay to be intense. That it is purposeful and it is healing. Accept your emotions. Know that you have needs. Know that they need to be met and that it's okay to pursue that. That God will meet them and as a church we will will help one another through it. Be the person that both laments well and helps a brother and sister lament well. And let's move forward together to a place of healing, holding tight to Jesus and what he has done for us. I'll be honest, it's going to suck. It won't be great, but it won't last forever. And that's a promise of Scripture, and that's something we can hold on to. And Above all, we're never alone in it. You're never alone in your lament and your grief because God will always be there and the church will be there beside you too. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for who you are. Thank you for the truths that you have given us in Scripture that we can know and have confidence in who you are so that when we do come up against times of sorrow and and grief, We can hold on to the truths of Scripture. You have given us a great gift in lament. That when we come across times where we just don't know how to move forward, you have given us a way forward. That we can be reassured and have confidence That we will not continue to spiral around these emotions, but rather we will embrace them and move forward through them. And above all, Jesus, we are grateful for you. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for being our hope so that we will never forget that there is something greater, that you are greater. Holy Spirit, we humbly ask that you will continuously remind us of the gospel, remind us of the truth of Jesus Christ, and I humbly ask that you will help all of us to remind each other of the gospel continuously. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you have done. In your holy name, amen and amen.